0: Jesus House in Pursuit of God Discovering Purpose Maximizing Potential Impacting Lives This message is being brought to you from Jesus House, London.
1: God bless you. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to today's Bible study. We're grateful for another day if we just start in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just honor you this evening. We thank you for who you are. We bless you for your kindness and your faithfulness towards us. And we're just grateful, oh God, for your for your arms of grace around us. Thank you for another day, oh God. Thank you for every single person that has been to work today. And Lord, as we gather um, this evening, we're asking that your presence will be with us. Holy Spirit, you are our teacher, you are our counselor. We come to your feet this evening, asking that you will give us insight, you will give us wisdom, you'll, you, you'll, you'll help us understand your word. And Lord, I ask that you please reveal Jesus and the Father word In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, um, we started the journey looking at the story of Joseph, Joseph's life, um, and uh, we continue today. Last week, we read um, Genesis 37, and just to give a very, very brief recap, um, we talked about how a 17-year-old boy, and it's important we put that at the back of our minds, Um, As we go on, we talked about how a 17-year-old teenager um, started this journey where he was working with his brothers, and um, the Bible says he used to bring a bad report about them. It's something to bear in mind as we go into today's study. And then we also talked about how his father, Jacob, loved uh, Joseph more than the other children, which um, was a challenge because of his favoritism, uh, favoritism that was rooted in a lot of rivalry. Um, we looked at how, how that started with his wives, Rachel and Leah, and most of them um, being transferred to the children as well. And then he went and gave his son this coat of multicolors. And um, I, one, one thing that I forgot to mention last week um, when talking about how bad Jacob's favoritism was towards Joseph. Was um, if you read the account in Genesis 33, when he was going to meet his brother Esau, you know the Bible says he divided his family into groups. Um, He first of all put Leah and his children forward, and then the and then guess what? He put Rachel and Jacob last. So basically saying the message was sending to them is that if all of you die, at least, uh, you know, Jacob, my favorite can be saved. And and that was, that's just really bad parenting in a sense. And then we talked about how the brothers were jealous um, of Joseph. And we talked about the power of jealousy, you know, what it can lead to. And um, eventually they conspired to murder him. And then we also looked at um, how we saw Jesus in the story. Today, we're going to be looking at Genesis 39 and 40 as we continue this journey, and then we'll try and end next week by God's grace. I'm going to read very quickly. Now, as I read, can I, um, let me see if I can read in two minutes before we do the declaration. As I read, four things that I'd like you to bear in mind. Number one is, as we're reading the story, think or ask yourself the question is there any connection any thread between the genesis 37 and what we're reading in 39:40? so you're asking is there a connection is there a thread number two what is the bible teaching us about joseph about the life of joseph what can we learn about joseph his character number three what can we learn about God because everything about the Bible must be teaching us about God? What do we see about the nature of God, the ways of God in this story, and then number four again, we'll look at how we see jesus um in this three in this three um sorry sorry in, in this two chapters chapters thirty nine and forty okay it's um seven thirteen I think let's just. Say the declaration so we can go straight into our study today. Um, oh Lord, oh Lord, we are your people, we are your people called by your name, called by your name.
2: We humble, name. We humble,
1: ourselves. We
2: humble, we humble ourselves. ourselves, we pray, we pray, we pray. And, pray. and
1: we seek your face, and we seek your face, we turn from our wicked ways.
2: We turn to the wicked, wicked ways
1: Oh Lord Oh Lord, Lord, Lord Hear our, cry,
2: hear our, hear our cry, cry
1: Forgive our sins Forgive, forgive our, our sins, sins and heal, and our, and land.
2: heal, heal our, our land, land. In, Jesus
1: in, Jesus in Jesus name we pray
2: In Jesus name we pray
1: We declare We
2: declare, we declare
1: that our land is healed in Jesus' name, in Jesus name. In Jesus name. Amen.
2: Amen.
1: Amen. amen 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 okay genesis 39 um i'm going to read the new living translation don't forget the four things and and then uh, we won't have time to read verse third, um chapter 40 but i'll just paraphrase but don't forget those four things what's the connection from 37 to 39 40 Um, What are we learning about Joseph's life? What are we learning about the nature of God, the ways of God? And then how do we see Jesus in this? So chapter 39, when Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, it was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his, of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed, that, noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly, and his crops and livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing, except what kind of food to eat. Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man, and Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded, but Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. She kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her and he kept out of her way as much as possible. One day, however, No one else was around when he went in to do his work. She came and grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, come on, sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand as he ran for the house. When she saw that she was holding his cloak and he had fled, she called out to her servants. Soon all the men came running. "Look," she said, my husband has brought this Hebrew slave here to make fools of us. He came to my room to rape me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream, he ran outside and got away, but he left his cloak behind with me. She kept the cloak with her until her husband came home. Then she told him her story. That Hebrew slave you brought into her house tried to come in and fool around with me, she said. But when I screamed, he ran outside, leaving his cloak with me. Verse 19. Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. So he took Joseph and threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were held and there he remained but the Lord was with Joseph okay. in the prison and showed him his faithful love and the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden before long the the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison the warden had no worries Um, Because Joseph took care of everything, the Lord was with him and caused everything he had to succeed. Chapter 39, we've just read this wonderful story. And then chapter 40, let me just paraphrase. Um, So uh, 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 Potiphar is angry, throws um, Joseph in jail. But then the Bible tells us that... At the same time, Pharaoh's angry with two of his top officials, his butler and his baker, throws them in, into prison where, where Joseph is. And then they both had dreams on the same day. And then Joseph noticed and he interpreted the dreams, said to the butler, in three days, Joseph is going to bring you back and he'll restore you to your former place. Uh, The butler, I'm sorry, the baker looked at him and thought, fantastic. Oh, I too, I had a dream. And then Joseph says, oh, for you, in three days, Joseph is going to, I'm sorry, but uh, Pharaoh is going to bring you back, but he will cut off your head. And um, he said to the butler, when you are released, please remember me. The Bible ends chapter 40, and I've just paraphrased, the Bible ends chapter 40 saying, the butler was restored just as Joseph interpreted the dream, but he forgot Joseph. So, ladies and gentlemen, what do we see in the stories? Remember I said, what are the trends? What's the connection? What do we learn about Joseph's life? And then what do we learn about the God that we serve and then finally, what are the? Uh, well, how do you see Jesus in this? Let me start um, my thoughts. There are quite a number of things, um, as one read and meditated. There are quite a number of things that struck me. And then um, I'm, I'm going to ask you to share your thoughts as well. So the first thing that struck me, ladies and gentlemen, is that remember we ended chapter 37 um, saying that his brothers sold him to the Ishmaelite traders. And then we start chapter 39, by the Bible telling us that Potiphar bought Joseph. Now, Potiphar, ladies and gentlemen, was captain of Pharaoh's guards. He was like, he was like his chief security officer. Um, his, his place must have been next to Pharaoh's palace because he was in charge of the bodyguard. He was top official. And then I'm asking myself, you know what was the likelihood? Think about it when his brothers sold him, they wanted to get rid of him, and they probably imagined that they would not see him again. What was the likelihood that it was Potiphar that would um, that would buy buy Joseph as a slave and um, I, I I found out remember we said last week that when Joseph was sent to look for his brothers, he went up to Shechem. Now the reason is that when the brothers would take the the, the sheep on pasture, they would usually tra- travel between Bethel, where they were, to Shechem. Remember, I said it was fifty miles. That was the route of pasturing. That's where they usually took the sheep. But this particular time, when they wanted to get rid of Joseph. They went to Dothan. They just happened to go to Dothan, which was 15 miles further. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Dothan was a place that was on the trading route to Egypt. And that's how they, they were able to sell Joseph to the Ishmaelite traders. who then brought Joseph to Egypt. And then guess what he lands in Pharaoh's palace. You know what, what uh, the Holy Spirit ministered to me? That... People can take your robe, but they can never take away your destiny. you know the the, the the Bible is so clear that our destinies each of our destinies is in God's hands. so no matter what plot it is people at um, hatch or the enemy hatches, that our destiny is firmly in god's hands Job 23:14 um, you can look at that later, Psalm 31:15. You know, David says, my destiny, my future is in your hands. And, you know, it's so encouraging, ladies and gentlemen, when we read stories like this, to know that this is the way of God. This is the mind of God. This is how God deals with us, that no matter the circumstances, we have an assurance that, you know what, it's only God that can determine my destiny. Now, that's my first thought, but let me just um let me let me open it up to every everyone so what what is it that you garner about joseph and and maybe to help me um lay it out there one of the the phrases that struck me is when he says in chapter two he says um let me, let me look for that in chapter two, it says the lord was with joseph so he succeeded in everything that he did as he served in the home of his egyptian master and i'm thinking what a paradox how can a say a slave be successful you know, think about it what does it mean that a slave is successful so what is going on here ladies and gentlemen can anybody help us what are, what are your thoughts anybody and please feel free to to put up your hands and what are what are your thoughts what what's going on this is a guy who's a slave and the bible says he succeeded as a slave it's it's a bit of a paradox you would expect slaves to you know not do well at all they're just serving they're just doing whatever it is that they're asking what is going on anybody
0: good evening all Oh, every time they say he was successful, the word that comes after is God was with him. Mm-hmm. So from my recognition is what we count as success in the world is different completely from what God counts as being successful.
1: It's actually, just to correct, you. it's actually the other way around.
0: Okay. God was with it's him. That's God was
1: with him. him. Yeah. yeah, that's
0: why he was successful. So mm-hmm. for what we count as being successful in the world, having money, having cars and all those things, it's not what God counts as being successful. His presence in our lives makes us successful. So fantastic. the measure of successfulness is different when it comes to the Bible and to the world.
1: So okay, fantastic. fantastic. Okay. Any, anybody else? Any, any thoughts? Because I have a question.
0: I think um, for me, um, being successful means um, whatever uh, he lays his hands on, he was doing it well, he was excelling
3: in it because
1: of God's favor. Okay, my question is and somebody asked this question last week my question is did he know that god was with him
0: yes i think so yeah
1: okay why Why do you say so
0: because everything he did he always said i won't sin will i do this wicked thing against my god so no was that, was,
1: that was later that was later on so at the beginning and incidentally just to give you a bit of um Historical background, I think. So Joseph was 17 when he was sold in slavery. Yeah. He was 30 when he came out and became prime minister. So it was a 13 year journey. If you walk backwards, the butler forgot him for two years. So that means he was in prison for at least two years. Yeah. I think about three years. So that means that from 17, when he was sold into slavery, he didn't go into prison till he was about 27, 10 years. So this latter event in verse nine probably happened 10 years or nine years after he'd been in Potiphar's house. So my question is, he, this is a young boy, 17, remember? Put, um, put in the pit, then sold by his brothers. And then he finds himself a slave in Potiphar's house. Did he know that God was with him? Yes. Why do you say so?
0: In prison, he told the butler that it's not God that gives interpretation. No,
1: the prison was 13 years later, 12 years so later. If he had
0: not known God, he wouldn't have said that 13 years later. So I think the, his upbringing had prepared him for this, not prepared for the for the anguish, but had brought him. he had been brought up in the knowledge of God. Remember the Bible says they teach their children about it. Talk to your children and grandchildren. And I'm sure his father must have been doing that. Having taken it from his own father, he must have passed it on to them also. So he was aware that there was a God alive.
1: Okay. I, I like what you said about his upbringing. Can, can anybody else, um, can anybody point to evidence that he had that kind of upbringing from his father? Anybody? Is there anything that we see that can, tell us or convince us that Joseph was brought up in this manner. Remember I said, what, can you find any connections between 37 and thirty-nine forty? What can we point out in the past that tells us, oh, this is the reason why Joseph is like this? Anybody?
0: His dreams.
1: OK. Tell us about his dreams. What about his dreams?
0: Um, just that there was that sense that his dreams weren't just dreams but that there were dreams revealing you know what god had called him to
1: okay okay i mean i i would say that he you remember we said at the beginning he was sensitive he was spiritual he knew that those were spiritual dreams his brothers did not they were cannot, they they didn't receive the dreams at all but is there something else that you think would point to his behavior in Potiphar's house. Because don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, we're trying to, uh, we're to, we're trying to put ourselves in, in, in Joseph's shoes. 17-year-old, imagine when you were 17, 17-year-old 17 girl or, or, or boy, and then your brothers treat you in this malicious way. They actually wanted to kill you. And then the next thing is that you are now sold and you find yourself a slave in faraway Egypt, a young 17-year-old boy. What is going on in his mind? Anybody? Okay. So, I, I I actually hope that you guys will do more of the talking today. But the second thing that struck me, um, so the first thing is that our destiny is in God's hands. Yeah. No matter what people do, no matter the circumstances, You know, God is the one that controls our destiny and that should assure us. But then the second thing is, I I wondered, because the first thing the Bible says is that God was with Joseph and he's as he served his master. And what struck me was the fact that there must have been something about Joseph's mindset. The ordinary person, 17 year old, who's been maltreated in this manner, who they wanted to kill, and then finds himself as a slave. Let's think about it. What would, you, what would the state of your mind be? I remember Bumi was saying uh, last week that when he was in the pit, he'd, be, he'd feel you know, abandoned, dejected, alone and all that. And now you're a slave. What, is, what would the state of my, his mind have been? You know what I thought? that joseph um somebody i'm not sure whether it was a lara but it was lara that that mentioned um um when when you said what was it that you said that um he was he had been taught by his father yeah what i was hoping somebody would say is is that joseph unlike his brothers knew god how do I know that he knew God? Why do I think that he, he, he knew God? Or, or better still, what would have pressed, what, what would have created the environment for him to know God? Now, this is what I found out. Rachel, Jacob was from the family of the patriarchs that knew God. Leah and Rachel, his wives were from a pagan family. I remember when they were leaving Laban's house, they even took their idols with them. So they were pagans. They didn't know God at all. And that would probably explain a lot of their action and their behavior. But then when the Bible tells us that, that, that Joseph was Jacob's favorite, it wasn't just telling us for wanting sake. There's something hidden beneath that. And that's the fact that, ladies and gentlemen, Jake, um, Joseph spent a lot of his time with Jacob unlike the other children so my thinking is that jacob would have been telling joseph about the god of his fathers remember the reason why god chose abraham was that he said he knew he would tell his children and his children's children about god so unlike the others who were probably still influenced by the pagan uh, uh, religion of their mother i suspect that jacob in sorry, i'm sorry Joseph, in spending time with Jacob, was learning about this God and was sent, being sensitive to this God, beginning to walk with God. Yeah. Now, why do I say that? Because it is when we go through difficult circumstances that you really know the people who will believe in God. Pastor Baj spent three weeks talking about faith and What I saw in this, ladies and gentlemen, was somebody who demonstrated faith in God, real faith in God. You know, real faith is not when we're saying we are believing God for something. Because a lot of time when we say that we have faith, it's usually tied to what we believe in God, what we're believing God for. Whereas real faith starts with what we believe about God. And what we believe about God will be shown in in the circumstances that we go through. I hope somebody understands this. So Joseph, um, sorry, there's something else I forgot, ladies and gentlemen. Pardon me that I'm rushing quite a bit. Another thread is, and you'll see this as we go along, is that remember we said that whilst um, the, the other brothers were badly behaved, Joseph always brought... Uh, Joseph brought back a bad report of them to his father. We asked the question last week, is it because he was just being impetuous or malicious or was it because he was being honest? The answer you will find very soon is that he was just being honest. Why? Because he was working with God. This was somebody who knew God and I've talked about um, the possibility of him sitting with his father. But the important thing, ladies and gentlemen, that And what kept being impressed in my spirit is that this is somebody who had faith in God. He had faith in the fact that this God who showed me this dream. Remember, it all started with the dream. This God who showed me this dream. He's true to his word. He's faithful to his word. I don't understand what's happening. I don't know what, what it would, why my brothers are treating me this way. I don't know why I've ended up being a slave in a foreign land, but there's something that God is working out. And that is true faith, ladies and gentlemen. Because, you see, when we have faith in God, it affects our disposition. It affects our attitude. Um, I'm not sure whether, I think Badge talked about it um, sometime but, but it's certainly something Pastor Agu talks about quite a lot, where, you know, when we go through difficult circumstances, how do we react? Some people murmur. Some people um, fight God. But in this instance, the Bible does not tell us that Joseph had an attitude, a negative attitude. On the contrary, we see evidence of a positive attitude because he put himself to serve his master. I hope this makes sense to somebody and this was somebody demonstrating their faith in God You know, I, I thought about it. I thought if it was me ladies and gentlemen, if the truth be told uh, If it was me, you know, for, for I it would take me a while to get my head round How Am I going to start to serve? I don't deserve this. What's happening to me? Why am I in this position? But then the the chapter 39 opens up with, with, with God telling us that he put himself to serving his God and God always responds to our faith, ladies and gentlemen. God always responds to faith. God was with him because he trusted in God and the result was that whatever he did, God prospered in Potiphar's house. And I could go on and on. Um, what else do you see? What else do you learn about Joseph and about God in the story? Anybody?
3: Thank you, Pastor Shola. Um I, I, I noticed in um, chapter twenty thirty-seven, 37, in verse 2, when it talks about... Um, Joseph bringing a bad report uh, concerning his brothers. And that made me think that he must have had some moral standards by which he was measuring their bad behavior to bring what we said was an honest report. Because without that, he would only be used to, and this is the way. My mind works is he will be used to seeing what the other brothers were doing and that would appear to be normal to him But on this occasion, he knew the difference He could see a difference between good and bad and that's why the scripture was able to do so So for him to have that, he must have been Introduced or made um, aware of the standards of God somehow to be able to have that measurement
1: Absolutely, thank you very much for that um, let, Let's move on very quickly because there are a number of things that struck me that I hope um, were, uh, Probably struck you as well Let's talk about Potiphar's wife Does anybody have anything that they notice about this encounter um, incidentally, remember I said to you if you walk backwards. So Joseph must have been 17 when he was sold into slavery. Um, he was put in prison at least two to three years before he came out at, um, at the age of 30. So. The incident with Potiphar's wife would have been about 20, 10 years later. So he was 27. So it grown up into a young strappling man. The Bible actually describes that he was good looking and all that. So what was going on, ladies and gentlemen? Incidentally, just, just to, um, as a teaser, does anybody know the name of Potiphar's wife? Anybody? If you, if you <laughs> I was going to say If you get the answer I promise you I'll give you a prize And I can tell you what the prize will be now Do you want to know the prize? If anybody gets her name right Except Pastor Badge If you get the name right You will go away with Pastor Funke's car today, today Okay So what is Mrs. Potiphar's name? Does anybody know?
0: I have no idea. I always call her Mrs. Potiphar.
1: Thank God you don't have it. Okay. <laughs> anybody else? Does anybody know? Now, um, th- this is the way that I read the Bible. I-, I always ask the question, you know, because you want to know, you want to get into God's mind while this thing's happening. And um, incidentally, I found out that Mrs. Potiphar um was actually not a very faithful woman um so it won't surprise you that this incident happened but since nobody um uh, knows...
2: excuse me
0: pastor Shola, i've sent her name on the chat
1: did you yes. google it did you google it yes Just...
0: i did i did
1: uh, i see She's... yes i
0: did google it
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay so so all of you that googled it uh, you come in the car so if you look on the chat her name was actually zuleika Yeah, that was Mrs. Potiphar's name. So anyway, uh, Mrs. Potiphar now um, makes advances to Joseph. What do we learn from this incident, ladies and gentlemen? Very quickly, um, we only have a few, um, not too long to go. What do we learn from just reading the story? What do we learn very quickly, anybody? It's a story we know very well but I ask you to just read again asking God to just reveal deep insights us. what do we learn Anybody
2: Hi everyone um, I think what I what I learned from this what I see in this is the fact that from the from the very beginning we knew that Joseph had a destiny he had all those dreams and all that so through the different points of his life, there was always a an opportunity for him to be derailed, yeah. to accept less than what God had for him. Mm. You know, so Potiphar's wife was another, you know, another one of those things where, oh, I could sleep with her, my life would be easier. Maybe she would help me get back to, you know, my father's land. Blah blah blah. But he didn't, you know, fall for that trick.
1: But, That's what I yeah. see. Very, very, very good, and I'm glad the way that you joined the threads because, it, it, you know, if you, hindsight is always twenty twenty vision. The same, and if you look back, what you now start to see, this guy had a dream at the age of seventeen that gave an indication of God's plan for his life. The brothers did did not like the dream at all. They were jealous of him. They wanted to kill him. He survived the murder attempt of his brothers um, because of intervention. They now sell him as a slave. Now, that could have derailed him as well in terms of his attitude, his disposition and all that. And, and like former rightly said, this was another attempt by Satan to derail the plans and purposes of God in someone's life. Everything that is written in the Bible, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says is for instruction, it's for us to learn from so we see a picture we see a pattern of satan always throwing things at us all the time to derail god's plans and purposes from our lives. it's his pattern he will keep doing it until we all go to heaven so he tried with this it didn't work he tried with that it didn't work guess what it goes to another level because this is one of the biggest challenges particularly that young men um, and, and well, I guess women as well will go through. So this time he uses Mrs. Potiphar, Zuleika. And, um, you know, as I was reading and meditating on this, I thought it's interesting. The Bible says, when she grabbed him, nobody was around. Why is that significant, or how is that significant? When she grabbed him, nobody was in the house. What does that tell you? How is that significant?
2: Well, that way she could she could lie against him. She probably knew he wouldn't even he wouldn't agree.
1: No, she didn't. I can did assure you, she it? did not. Do.
2: Okay, okay, no. but at least it it would support. I mean, I guess it's something that's orchestrated nicely so that she could lie if she had to.
1: Okay, yeah. you know. That's I, mean. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what what I felt the spirit of God say to me as I was meditating on this is that. Um, remember, I talked about faith. That real faith, you see, real f- faith when we go through difficult circumstances. It's also the same thing with the you know, the temptations of life. You know, you you've all heard the saying that Satan tempts, but God tests. Yeah. So so Satan will always tempt because he wants to derail, he wants to get off off destiny, he wants to, you know, put a stumbling block. God will use those similar circumstances to test us, to see how firm we are in our walk of faith. The reason why nobody was around, or why the Bible emphasizes that nobody was around, is that the times of our greatest pressures and temptations are usually when nobody's around you know what because then you can easily you know you rationalize uh, make excuses compromise and particularly in that situation you know i've said this to the men quite a number of times i i I, you know i I honestly don't know what i would have done but i don't know what you'd have done i don't know what anybody would have done in that situation but think about it that this was his master's wife and they were alone. I'm sure he was aware of how powerful she was. And ladies and gentlemen, the truth of the matter is that Joseph could easily have rationalized and said, look, you know what? I'm a slave in this place. Um, This is my master's wife. If I don't do what she's asking me to do, um, she might, you know, make my life a misery. Of the other side of the coin, if I do what she's asking me to do, then I will have favor with her. Does somebody understand this? So it was pressure in a play, in a situation where nobody was watching. But despite all of that, the Bible encourages us that Joseph stood his ground, and what made Joseph stand his ground? Don't read what the Bible says, just say it to your own way. What made joseph stand his ground oh god okay anybody else what made joseph stand his ground
0: Did you, could you pass the doc and everyone else um, he understood the scripture where it says that a scripture paraphrasing where it says that um no temptation can over overwhelm us and god will take us out of any temptation that we will face
1: Okay. Yes, that's true. Anybody else? Why did this um, Joseph stand his ground? There's something that I'm looking uh, for.
0: What about his moral upbringing?
1: Okay. Yeah. So tell me about that, please. And know, you know, um, something.
0: Because he, he was well brought up by his father, and his father would have um, told him quite a lot about right and wrongs.
1: Okay. So, so this is the thread that I was looking for, and that was why I was asking the question at the beginning. Um, Yes, Joseph feared God, but his fear of God didn't just start that day or the day before or the week before. It was something that started since when he was young. That is why, like Bumi said, he he knew what his brothers were doing was wrong and he would bring a bad report. So he was being consistent in his moral aptitude. Does, Does somebody understand that? And and you know, for me, it was a lesson in terms of being consistent in terms of my values, doing what you know. The truth of the matter is that in our Christian walk, we it's it's like a yo-yo. You know, one day we do this right, the next day we we don't do that right. But Joseph was consistent in his moral, um, his moral integrity. Let me go very quickly um, because there's one or two other things that I wanted us to do, and then we'll end with how you see Jesus in this. So he's now in prison. He's now in prison um, because Potiphar believes his wife's report. And um, the first thing that struck me, ladies and gentlemen, is that where was the prison? Where was the prison? Where was the prison? Anybody? Do you have any idea where the prison
0: was? In the desert. As the Bible, was, it in the, was it in the desert? As the Bible says that, I think it says, God will make a way in the wilderness. So was it far away from where other people were? No, not no, 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 in a built up area.
1: No. It was and in
0: the prison, the king's dungeon.
1: Where's the king's dungeon?
0: Um, I would guess it's somewhere underground.
1: Yeah, but where? Where in the scheme of things? Where Where was the king's dungeon?
0: In the palace.
1: Which palace?
0: Pharaoh's palace.
1: No. Okay. The, the dungeon, the prison was actually in the palace of Potiphar. It was the captain of the guard's palace. That's where his prison was. And that's very, very instructive. If you read the Bible, it's actually quite instructive because I always thought it was like you said, a prison in Ferris Palace, but it was actually in Ferris Palace. So that means that there must have been a prison attached to the captain of the guards. And that prison was particularly, it looks like for um, particularly for the top officials, you know, the the, the high profile prisoners in a sense. Yeah. Which is instructive. Um, First of all, I found out that in ancient Egypt at the time if you were accused of rape the normal thing that would happen is they would kill you because it was considered a very grievous offense and if you read a lot of commentaries they'll say it's actually surprising that well not surprising but it's surprising that Potiphar did not have um, um, Joseph killed immediately but, but it's not surprising because like we've read the hand of God was upon him. Yeah. So instead of killing him, Potiphar puts him in the prison that is in the the palace of the God. Yeah. And then this is what I love um, because by now you'd be saying, you know, uh, what's that phrase by now you'd be saying it couldn't get any worse, you know, from the pit becomes a slave, and then now a prisoner for something that you did not do, yeah? But ladies and gentlemen, see what the Bible says. The Bible says that um, Joseph continued to serve the same way he served Potiphar. He continued to serve dutifully in the prison, yeah? And this phrase jumped up at me when you have faith, you will always act faithfully. You know, it is when we do not have faith in God's providence on our lives, God's hand on our lives, that we, you know, we, 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 we lose hope, we, you know, we, we, we give up on God, we throw up our hands and all that. But, but that when you have faith, when you just know that God is with you, you continue to act faithfully. You know, um, time time, time, is beginning to be against us, but um, there are a number of things that struck me, that he's now in prison, um, he continues to serve, the same favor of God, remember, that attends his faith in God is upon him because he now doesn't throw his his, his toys out of the pram. Where's God in all this? Now I'm being accused um, um, falsely and all that. He continues to put his trust in God. And the reward is that God is with him so that whatever it is that he's doing is prospering. Yeah. So I, 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 I wrote a note to myself to say that true faith is always evident in our attitude regardless of the circumstances attitude regardless of our circumstances and our trust and confidence in God yeah and then this is the bit that I'd never seen before when I read this bit over and over again when the butler and the Baker were now thrown into the same prison, you read this, when the butler and the baker were thrown into the same prison, they were allocated to Joseph, to Joseph for Joseph to look after them. Ladies and gentlemen, who allocated them to Joseph? Who allocated them to Joseph?
0: God. And-
1: yeah, yeah, okay, God in the ultimate sense, but in the in the physical sense, who allocated them to?
0: Captain to... of the God.
1: Okay. So you remember they were in prison in Potiphar's palace, yeah. And the Bible says in the prison they found favor with the warden
2: mm-hmm.
1: because he served. And then here come these two officials, and these two officials were allocated to Joseph. So Who allocated them to Joseph? It was Potiphar himself. I'd never seen that before. I thought it was the warden who allocated them, but it was Potiphar. Remember, the prison was in Potiphar's palace. It was part of of Potiphar's palace. It was an extension. So can anybody just, I, I don't know if you've seen this before, but can you figure out what's going on? If the same Potiphar that put him in prison because of this allegation of attempted rape against his wife, was obviously angry with him. It's the same Potiphar who now allocates Joseph to serve to look after these two officials. What's going on? Can
0: I I speculate? Oh, sorry. He might have known that he was actually innocent, but he had to do something because of his wife. I think he believed he was a man of God and integrity. And so instead of killing him, he, he just had to put him in prison. And because of his attitude towards him, he assigned those guys to him to take care of them.
1: Wonderful. Wonderful. Anybody else? Anybody else?
0: Yeah, I was going to say something similar. I think Potiphar knew. I mean, if you watch Prince of Egypt, you realize that in Prince of Egypt, it makes it look like Potiphar knew his wife lied. Mm -hmm. And therefore, you know, but he had to do something. But even that aside, I think Potiphar realized he already liked Joseph's work ethic. And the fact that he went into prison and then still continued to display the same characteristics made obviously made Potiphar realize that this person is actually like, you know, somebody, he's a decent person. And so when he came to putting the two, the baker and the um, butler, he was like, yeah, okay, just put them wherever Joseph is. Let Joseph look after them. That's
1: absolutely wonderful. So, ladies and gentlemen, Joseph had been serving Potiphar for 10 years before this incident. Remember, he'd been faithful consistent, diligent, trustworthy to the point that Potiphar handed over everything to him in his house. Can you beat that? A slave, uh, a foreign slave for that matter. And then here comes an allegation. Of course, as a man, the first thing that would happen is that you're angry, how, but he must have pondered it. And remember when I Googled Zuleika, I found out that Zuleika was notorious for for infidelity and all that but anyway he must have Mm -hmm. pondered and thought that wait a minute this guy that for 10 years has been consistent in his nature and this is the lesson for all of us ladies and gentlemen because people are always watching you and i people watch you know you know i've said a number of times we say this that one of the most painful things for one as a christian is where you go into a place you go into an office and people say things like and you call yourself a christian what they're saying is you say you're a christian but we're watching you your behavior your attitude just does just does not show god at all whereas it is very likely that in 10 years potiphar has been watching this guy seeing godliness seen righteousness seeing integrity to the point where he could entrust his whole household to him and all of a sudden comes this allegation. He must have thought but at some point that, hmm, I'm not sure this guy did this thing. Now the person who said, and he was a female, I I, I think it was Lara. The person who said that um, he didn't want to offend his wife again. That's what most of the commentaries say that he was at this point. He didn't want to displease his wife. He didn't want to show that he was not believing her story but obviously his heart was already warming back to to um to joseph hence the reason why he allocated the uh the uh the what you call it the 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 officials to him let me just end very quickly because we're two minutes over and i wanted us to very quickly see jesus in this story um the the last thing that i wanted to mention there's so many things but um we've run out of time um is that Joseph, God had a plan for Joseph's life. And we will see the manifestation of that next week when we finish. We're going to read, we're just going to go through the last few chapters next week, 41 to 50, so you have a lot of reading to to read before next week. God had a plan for Joseph. And um, in the run-up to it, we read about all these challenges that he's going through and then you start to see the hand of god or the ways of god and i'll show you a scripture next week that ties it together but one of the things that is a learning from joseph's life is that he showed leadership in throughout this 13 years why do i say that first of all one of the hallmarks of leadership, ladies and gentlemen, is the ability to be submitted to somebody else and then at the same time to take on the other person's thing as if it is your own. It's a remarkable feature that you don't see in many people. But guess what? We see it in the, par- we, we see it in the scriptures. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that when we talk about Jesus. But um, I read in the commentary, it says says here that Joseph showed stewardship. He built the fortunes of others by managing their resources as if it was his own. And that, that is quite incredible because, ladies and gentlemen, what was happening is that God was training him for the bigger responsibility. Everything that was going on in chapters 39 and 40 was God training Joseph for where he was taking him. Ladies and gentlemen, I think Pastor Bart must have mentioned this in one of the weeks before. Everything that you and I go through, God is using it to build you and I up for the assignment that he has for us, where he's taking us. And um, I, I, I want us to imbibe that so, so that whatever it is we go through, rather than show negative attitudes our reaction should be what is god teaching me what is god building in me what is god preparing me for because everything we go through believe me is always for a greater good an assignment let me end um please pardon me um i didn't want to go beyond five minutes but let's just end very quickly how do you see jesus there are at least six or seven things, quickly. Um, Joseph how-
0: was thrown into the dungeon for what he didn't do. But Jesus was accused for what he didn't do.
1: Anybody else? There are at least six or seven things. Jesus, Jesus, what do you see? How do you see Jesus?
2: There was a set time. Joseph had to be in prison for for a set time until the king had his dream. Same way Jesus had to have his ministry and go through certain things. Remember, they even tried to kill Jesus, but they were not able because there was a set time.
1: Okay, all right. That's interesting. Anybody else?
0: Joseph was concerned about kingdom business like Jesus was.
1: He was concerned about what, sorry?
0: Kingdom business. That kingdom was a-
1: business. Okay, that's very good. Yeah, yes. Anybody else?
0: Um, Jesus being tempted in the desert was the same as Joseph being tempted by Pot- Potiphar's wife in isolation.
1: Wonderful. That's very good. Thank you. That's very, very good. Anybody else? Yeah. Anybody else? There's at least three or four more things. Let's do this very quickly.
0: When Joseph was,
2: hello?
1: Yeah, go on. Go on. Yes, please.
2: Yeah. When Joseph was um, tempted, he actually spoke. So I'm The power of the spoken word so when he was tempted by uh, potiphar's wife he actually spoke out he's saying you know how can i do this against god in the same way in which when jesus was tempted he also spoke to the god
1: okay all right thank you When, when 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 um potiphar's wife was reporting him to to um potiphar do you think um joseph protested his innocence the Bible doesn't tell us. I'm just wondering, do you think?
2: Probably not. Do you think? Probably did.
1: Okay. I would have said how many people think he did. Put up your hands, but I can't see your hands. Um, well, I, I I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But um, there's a commentary that suggests that he did not, um, that he did not defend himself when she, he was being accused. Um, number one, um, because he probably thought it would be futile to start to argue against the woman of the house, um, and um, what the commentary says is that it actually reminds of us of reminds us of Jesus, that when he was uh, being accused, he did not say a word to defend himself. Yeah, anything else, one or two, and then we'll end today.
2: A bit of, it's a bit of a stretch but let um,
1: let's stretch it's okay to stretch
2: okay, okay I'm thinking about the fact that um the baker and the butler were, were were given to him to take care of yeah the same the same way it makes it reminds me of John seventeen for some reason the same way oh,
1: Fantastic. That,
2: fantastic. Yes. Know, that, right that that you know Jesus said to the father, you know of all you've given me, I haven't lost anyone apart from the son of perdition kind of thing, so yeah, I kind of made that.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're a star. You're a star. I actually forgot to mention that, that, that again, part of what Joseph did in showing leadership, it was that he took responsibility for the people on under his care. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Yeah. Very good. I actually wrote John 17. Yeah. So, yeah, wonderful. Anything else? Anything else so we can end?
0: Yeah, I would like to say, um, Jesus was just was thrown into dungeon and Jesus was killed and went to the grave, we can be was well, synonymous to dungeon and then he rose up and is in heaven with the Father and Joseph become went into the palace.
1: Okay, Joseph Joseph rose up again. Okay, we can stretch that. That's that's fine. Okay. Um, let let me let me just end one of the ones that struck me. Um, remember is that Joseph submitted himself to his master, Potiphar, and learned obedient in all his time. The same way that Jesus, our Lord and Savior, the Bible says He came and walked as a human being, submitted Himself to God, and learned obedience. Hebrews, um, I think it's Hebrews five eight. Yeah, okay. Let me let me end so that I'm not. Um, I, again, apologies that one has had to rush, but all this is just to encourage us to look deep into the Bible and just try and understand the mind of God, try and see what the spirit is um, elaborating or expantiating in in the minds. And I'm sure the more you look, the more you'll find things. Uh, One other thing that I wanted to mention before we end is that the story of Joseph starts with Jacob showing favoritism to his son. And um, there's this phrase that came to me that man's favoritism will always lead to dysfunction. But God's favor will always lead to blessing. You know, so ours is to look or rather to do things that will attract the favor of God. And um, uh, second to the last is that the Bible says the butler forgot Joseph. Man will forget you, but God will never, ever forget you. Man will forget you. Man will disappoint you. But God will never disappoint you. It's a very encouraging part of the story. And uh, also to say that when the butler forgot him, the Bible says he forgot him for two years, and that's where we'll take off from next week. I'm sure Joseph must have been distraught. I'm sure he must have, you know, because he's saying, I know this dream is going to come true. They're going to lift up your head. You're going to go, can you please just tell Pharaoh for me that I'm a poor, innocent man. I was kidnapped and put in this place. And um, he was expecting to walk out of that prison. And he was forgotten for two years. He must have been distraught. But ladies and gentlemen, the word of God concerning your life, it will never fail. But the Bible says there's an appointed time. It's for you and I to always seek the appointed time. If Joseph had been released then, can you imagine? In fact, let me leave you with that to think about. If Joseph had been released then, what would have happened to Joseph? Don't bother answering. Just think about it and meditate on it tonight. But suffice it to say that that might have scuppered the plans a bit. And I leave you with this last statement that I felt laid on my heart, that when you read the story of Joseph, Um, it, It all seems like a movie, you know, one minute in the pit, the next minute a slave, then Potiphar's wife and all that. It all seems like a movie. You know what the Spirit of God laid on my heart that I said to say to all of you, it's the same way your testimony will be. That whatever it is that you are going through, those circumstances, by the time God brings you out on the other end and you see the plan of God for your life, it will be like a movie. God bless you, ladies and gentlemen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. And apologies that uh, we've overrun. Next week, um, I'm not going to be able to read the scriptures because I want to end Joseph next week. So please read chapters 41 to 50. Chapters 41 to 50. It's a long read. And then we'll just pick out one or two things. God bless you. Have a wonderful evening.
0: Thank Thank you, Pastor. Good night.
2: Thank you, Pastor. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye.